So this is the uh, coming to the end of our um, first week practice together, and uh, so tomorrow we have a open day with nothing structured in it or group no group structure in it. And so I thought I'll just uh, kind of offer a synopsis resume. So some salient features that have arisen in this context to bear in mind or to consider. It's really been about creating or generating a form, uh, recognizing, uh, you know, uh, the form is something that can can hold, hold us, hold our hearts, hold our minds, hold ourselves steady within, mm-hmm. feel uh, comfortable within, feel there are nice boundaries, and when there are nice clear boundaries, and uh, we trust and feel we've in, that uh, we've helped to generate them, just been imposed upon us. We've actually put our hearts and intelligence and energy into generating them. They really become a, a fitting form, and then something that can just start to feel safe and relaxed. And uh, um, some of the, you know, the idea of a form is it it can help you unfold. Mm. Most people's form is really quite broken and quite um, contracted. So, then we'll talk more about that. But essentially this uh, form we've uh, talked about in certainly in three major um, fields. The field of heart, often referred to as mind, but heart may be more useful. Uh, And this is associated with a sense of mutuality, a comfortable mutuality. Mm. So on the obvious level, this means precepts where we all respect and offer safety, offer the gift of safety to each other, offer that gift. Mm. And so, you know, mutuality, that precept form and also uh, qualities of kindness and goodwill, compassion, uh, gladness at others' welfare and equanimity. And just touched into those lightly. And they're quite natural heart qualities that arise when one feels safe and comfortable. 
precepts are a good way to to start to establish that. And um, precepts really are just the obvious form of sila, and the more refined form of sila is, a, is an ongoing sense of conscience, integrity, sensitivity to how one is, you know, dwelling within a shared field. And you can p- and recognize we're all trying to just give and allow and be flexible and open and mutual sharing, uh, sharing a, uh, a group facility. Mm. Yeah. And part of the mutuality then is, is, is also encouraged in the sense of, you know, uh, I offer teachings, you offer food. You share, so there's that offering, offering back, yeah. Um, you know, a very simple motif of that, those two qualities. Mm. Um, uh, so we then you just, you know, you can pick up particular points in that field that become, oh, that's, yeah, that, I really like that bit, you know, or that bit makes sense to me and just start to dwell upon it and bring it up and make much of it. And this is to be uh, absorbed in, made much of. It doesn't mean a kind of, when I say made much of, it's not to just get fanatical, uh, but to, to appreciate and enjoy and, f- and get it into your heart. So this is sila not just as laws and rules, but sila as sensitivity and concern and safety and sharing mm-hmm. and re- respect. And that one dwelling in a field of respect, that respect field becomes internalized and also some of the um, less gracious attitudes to oneself can be seen as this is improper, this is not respectful. And so it's starting also to internalize even a relationship with our own bodies, with our energies, uh, with our mind states, to avoid and constantly be on the lookout for the signs of ill will. And these can be obvious ones, but there are subtler forms of ill will, such as uh, uh, self-disparagement, um, um, mm, feeling like one's a burden or a nuisance, uh, um, feeling that you know the other yogis have to bear with you, or <laughs> you're the one who's late or something. So yeah, this is kind of expected blaming thing, you know. Um, even, uh, you know, uh, negativity towards one's practice or towards oneself, comparisons, negative comparisons. Uh, for what purpose do they serve? So I'll watch out for that. And these can, of course, happen within us. And then we go, oh, there's the sign. Mm. Now, what I've also tried to encourage in terms of heart is, is chanting. This is using the, um, um, what's called the thought or the speech faculty. So there are three 
fields, the body field, the heart field and the speech field, or it could be speech also means thought. You know, so it's this kind of verbalization. And here we're using uh, verbalization in an iconic ritual way, just the ability to to form form words, to form sounds that are then shared and to moderate sounds and even to, to uh, generate particular meanings such as reverence, respect, gladness, appreciation, gratitude, urgency, you know, qualities associated with Dhamma, directness. And these are being iterated and, and even though, you know, and moderated through the sound experience. So this is coming through the body. And this means that the, um, the speech faculty is then connected to the heart faculty yeah, because we're, we're reiterating matters that are not about logic, figuring things out, analysis, definition. They're just about evoking heart. Mm. So we're linking that faculty as best we can and of course this can feel strange unusual because it isn't where we normally use words but it's not what's being said it's what does it do what does that verbalization experience do Mm. and hopefully when it's done particularly in a group what can arise just because it's being done in a group with voices is there's the felt sense of harmony, which is a very powerful meaning for human beings. Mm. One's prepared to, you know, go a long way for harmony, to let go a bit for harmony, you know, to give up someone's personal stuff to harmony, because it's, so it's, the, it's the true medium, which humans being, the only medium which human beings can really flourish in. And as this is we are generating sangha. Sangha is is harmony. Mm. Uh, so using this verbal forms to generate heart forms and even subtle body form. And this is first because it's coming through your own body, so you can begin to feel those resonances in you what we call the subtle body or the energy body or the emotional body or you know, these terms I refer to. And so then, um, the other aspects of embodiment, so there's the body field, we've talked a little about the heart field, the speech field and the body field the f- which generate forms using embodiment practices um, in order to um, begin to generate a wholesome body form, embodiment form. And this <coughs> I've been describing or pointing to, and I'm sure you've touched into that, is, is a form which is, you could, you know, prosaically call it the nervous energy in the body, um, the sense of having a body, the sense of being an internal body, you know, which becomes, more or less comes to the fore anyway when you sit and meditate, because when you're not moving your body around uh, and you're not going out 
through the sense doors, then the internal body starts to arise anyway, because it's right there all the time. And as long as it comes, it's, it's, it's restlessness and it's dullness and it's stuckness and it's tensions. And then this is the broken body. This is the diseased body embodiment. So much of our practice is just to handle that with compassion, not to get frustrated by it, annoyed by it, disappointed by it. Okay, this is a sick being. (laughs) So coming into certain basic um, um, aspects of the field of healthy body, one is ground, Um, so this is sense of feeling grounded and it's 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 a positive earth sign so often it's most easily accessed by literally standing your feet on the ground opening the sense of the feet feeling the contact and letting the rest of your body come over that so the rest of your body becomes increasingly less weightful uh, it becomes less con- it can start to relax over though or on those two those feet and uh, through this, as one begins to feel that sense of ground and come into the sense of balance, which is when the ground sense begins to rise through the body. And so it's not just the feet, but the whole body starts to orient around that that grounded note, that grounded experience. And space, yeah which means we begin to open and sense the physical space around the body and the space above the head, uh, the space element, which means the muscles relax, courage to relax. And and space becomes a little more apparent when one has ground because ground offers safety, the sign of safety. So very important to 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 touch into that. Yeah. This is not going away. This does not have to be negotiated. This does not judge whether I'm good enough. This is not something, you know, that, that that's earned or deserved or it's just there. Stand on it. Mm. Now naturally of course, you know, your feet do leave the ground, but you touch into that, using the feet to touch into that that inner sense, and the body has this inner, or this sensing, it's a sensate being, and it's not just sensate through touch, but though touch is its external sense, it also has an internal sense, which organizes itself. So as we come into ground, Balance is one of the primary intelligences of the body. When you come to that, then that also maintains an inner quality of of, uh, here I am, balanced, poised, safe, and then opening around. And gradually, right in front of me, around my body is open, comfortable, no impingement, no obstruction, no intrusion. And you you can't 
just say that. You've got to experiment, come up to your skin boundary and ask and request and invite. So you negotiate that. Mm. This is, you know, the mode of practice is never, it's always negotiated. Mm. It's not just you do this, you do that, but is this possible? How is that? Mm. Like, you know, when you're chanting, you, you start tentative and is, this, is it going? You're finding your voice to fit your body, first of all. Voice comes out squeaky and raspy and doesn't know quite how to manage it. And you're okay. Just take it a bit slower, take a break, breathe out and wait till it comes up. And then, then the voices start negotiating with each other. You see, they, so they blend. You don't figure it out, they just do it. Similarly, the body, as you stand, it starts to negotiate balance with its weight and you know you can't figure out balance and that's part of the beauty of it because it just gets the thinking mind to step back and then you go is that balanced deliberately tilt one another that's about it similarly space is it spacious chest is okay throat no Okay, not, it's still closed, okay. Then go to where you do feel some sense of openness, bring your awareness there, and it's like you stay there inviting parts of your body to sense that, yeah. It's like you find your healthy place and you just say, here, here it is. Anybody else want to join in? <laughs> and it's that, so it's this gentle negotiation. Yeah. Oh, I could, I could just, oh, yeah. and it can be quite slow. You know, some parts of the body are quite uh, defended. Mm. So ground, space, next quality that can arise is something rhythmic, you know, which is breathing in and out essentially. And this is beautiful because it's got lovely regeneratively flow to it. Mm. But that <coughs> comes in accordance with the rest of the process. So this is an embodiment form. Mm. And uh, the, all these blend together because as you can't really experience that sense of safety and spaciousness without a heart of goodwill. The negotiation process and the process of leading one's practice is always must have goodwill. Otherwise, it's not a it's not a dumber practice. <laughs> yeah, you may not have the word meta written on it, but <laughs> to enter any negotiation process automatically is I'm interested. How is it? How is it? The question: How is it? How are you? That is goodwill. And, you know, to really want to know, not just as a cliche, you know, how are you? How is it? Oh, it's horrible. Okay. Uh, and then the response is compassionate. Oh, all right. I'll stay with that. Stay with that. Not going to run away from that.
Mm-hmm. So this, you know, these process is 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 um, I call it sometimes call and response. That is, you you touch something, you come into something, you're aware of something, and maybe a feeling or a thought, and it's got a certain energy to it. You may feel painful or confused, and then, uh huh. How is that? Anxious, worried, tense, freaky, weird. Uh huh. How is that? Feels like this. Uh huh. And then, well, can I be with this? Be present with it, and what what is needed, or what helps that? And what is not needed? What is not needed, generally self-definition is not needed. Criticism and judgment is not needed. Trying to get things fixed and sorted out is not needed. It generally gets in the way. What is needed is deep patience and respect. That's, that's the heart field as it opens. And a lot of our... You know, you can't really separate these, these fields, these different, these forms. They begin to merge into a form of Dhamma practice. Mm. So that sense of body, in fact, with its struggles and pains, offers us presence. It also really teaches us patience you're never going to understand it you cannot understand it you cannot figure it it teaches you to stop working through that channel of trying to figure it just be with it (laughs) be present with it uh, with all its stuff you know and it will certainly respond you'll begin to clear be present means is the heart of goodwill. Mm. So negotiation is relational, isn't it? Mm. It's a very skillful relationship. And then we, you can use our thinking mind as a relational tool rather than just a dysfunctional, you know, tape loop spooling out <laughs> its uh, stories. You know, uh, so the you know, the, the healthy um, speech field, the healthy thought field operates very much in what's called vitaka vichara, which means, uh-huh, there's that, how's that? And that, how's that? Touch it, and how's that? Uh-huh, and how's that? Vitaka, name it, feels like this, feels hot, feels cool, feels painful, uh-huh, how's that? So you so the, the thought form instead of being well it should be this and I never really you know, I told you this you know, yesterday's like this, and it says this in the book and I've probably got to hurry up and get urgently enlightened, not gonna get enlightened this way. This is mindfulness or is this clear comprehension? Whatever. 
it's kind of running away. <laughs> when you start to go into kind of, you know, meltdown. So that's, you don't want that. <laughs> However brilliant or interesting, because it's just, it's not negotiating with anything. It's pure monologue. And uh, that's broken. That's a broken form. Yeah. Because it's, it doesn't let anybody into it. <laughs> it's just doing its own thing. It's not in harmony with anything. It's just a, it's a dysfunction. Yeah. So what produces harmony is that thought is associated with, I don't know, just feels very busy. Uh-huh. Busy. Uh-huh. How is that? Oh, Lord, really busy. Okay, how is that? Mm. How's it feeling in your heart? Oh, searching, wanting. Okay, wanting. How is that? I just don't know what I should be doing. Okay, now we're getting to something in the sense of what's necessary, what's helpful now. You know, simple, just coming to your body, reassurance. So this is, you know, this is how these, these, you've got a heart form, and you've got a speech form, uh, or a thought form, which is then generating harmonious, uh, I call them structures, within which you begin to create something that then will handle, be a refuge, be a, a relief, be a release, be a support for your suffering. Mm. It will be there for you. It will, it will want to know about it. It will not get nasty with you about it. It's a, it's a sympathetic form. You ground it in the body. It's like this. Very important to, to prioritize those yeah. <coughs> and um, you know the the diseased form, broken forms, are often you know in shorthand they're associated with self. The self is a structure. I mean, anything that you can witness, see, note, detect, discern, is an object, right? That's that's a structure. That's a form of some kind, and you contemplate what is it? What is the the guiding principles of a self structure? Then there are ownership, agency. Mm. Yeah, so it's a doer. It's a haver. I have this. I do this, <coughs> and it searches for. Uh, uh, Pleasant feeling, mm. trying to feel good, and it never achieves it. Mm. it. Doesn't really own anything. It just keeps trying to, trying to claim something, trying to have an experience. Mm. But it is an experience already. You know. It's trying to um, do something, but it already is a doing in itself. 
It's, it, that is the doing. <laughs> and it's trying to f- feel something, it already feels something itself, which is dukkha. <coughs> so, this confusion comes into our experience and it generally, or you will contemplate it yourself, it always messes up the process of healthy forms, proper forms. Mm. Emphasizing in embodiment, really useful if we've got the ground sense, the space sense, really uh, something more flowing, whole body, whole body. If you too, you can use that term, and then you can recognize when there's a lot of th- thinking going on. Wh- what, where do you experience yourself? Most people will experience yourself probably from the throat up to the forehead, and probably pointing forward. So as if you're something you're pointing, driving forward, crunched. Then energetic form, very constricted, limited. Rest of the body seems to disappear as an energy is all up here. That's a broken form. In itself it doesn't seem broken because it's extremely powerful until you go to the whole body and you realize there's this massive tight energy here and the rest of it is just, you know, hardly there at all or not, not part of it. It's, bro- it's broken off. So standing, whole body, walking, whole body, uh, really powerful practices, and then qigong is, is a science, a skill, an art that helps to bring around this wholeness as, as a kind of, and a, you know, something that, that can support Dhamma practice. So these are um, generating forms and they help to uproot asava, uh, these very powerful energies where asava of sensuality drives one into, throws the chitta out into a, a world where it always feels separate, even though it's running out all the time trying to claim and own, it always feels separate from the world around it. Yeah. So that is a terrible throw, <laughs> to be thrown into a realm of separation. Trying to find unity in separate. Yeah. Yeah. It seeks unity, that's an asava, becoming, wanting to be something solid, permanent, lasting, trying to get the future worked out, um, trying to have a self-definition. That again is... is, is um, um, doesn't allow for the process of negotiating with myriad factors and letting things change. It's not harmonious. It's a difference between harmony and unity. Yeah. Unity, it means the emphasis is to find solid. And so there's a certain repressive conformity in that. Harmony 
here's a sense of let things be different and let them find each other. So it's always something quite fluid. Yeah. Right. So it's a very beautiful experience. Yeah. What would we like to live in, so the United States of America, live in the harmonious states of America? That would be rather... <laughs> that would be the ideal, wouldn't it? <laughs> rather kind of held together by law, just held together by, you know, harmonious qualities of... of uh, which is the, in a way, it's the aspiration, but it's, it's a tough one to, to accomplish without skillful practice. Mm. So the uprooting, harmony tends to help support the uprooting of this becoming quality, this this trying to find an entity. And we can let go of being, we just want to live in harmony with this body, with our minds, with the situation we're in. We don't have to define ourselves. Uh, That's lovely and light. So I'll just um, finish this synopsis with a little reading. It's been very enjoyable following the verbal process of the Buddha. So, mm, Ananda, when there is the body, because of body volition, volition, there's the these um, bodily sankhara, pleasure and pain arise internally. When there is speech because of verbal volition, pleasure and pain arise internally. When there is the mind because of mental volition, pleasure and pain arise internally and with ignorance as condition. Either on one's own initiative, Ananda, one generates that bodily Sankara, conditioned by which pleasure and pain arise internally, or prompted by others, one generates that bodily sankara, conditioned by which pleasure and praise, pain arise internally, either deliberately and under one generates that body formation, sankara, conditioned by which pleasure and pain arise internally, or undeliberately. So he goes through this, the body formation and the verbal formation and the mental formation. And what's being referred to here is um, the, um, these unskillful sankharas associated with selfhood is um, giving rise to uh, either pleasure or pain internally. So you get these different flushes and energies, passions and aversions and giving rise to those experiences. And this is this occurs either through oneself or through others. You're picking up from other people. And sometimes even random. So we can be walking around in an, a, a city and picking up all kinds of uh, effects and influences that go into our bodies just through the traffic, the lights, the advertisements, the movements of people, the, all these things causing certain energies to run through us. 
So that's, we'd say that's not done through one's own will, but it still affects you. So these are the, what I've roughly been talking to about as the broken forms that are associated with this lack of clarity, and not seeing, not understanding, not uh, being in touch. Ignorance is comprised within these states but with the remainderless fading away and ceasing of ignorance, that body does not exist, conditioned by which that pleasure and pain arise internally. That speech does not exist, conditioned by which that pleasure and pain arise internally. That mind does not exist, conditioned by which that pleasure and pain arise internally. That field does not exist, that sight does not exist, that base does not exist, that foundation does not exist, condition by which that pleasure and pain arise internally. Um, this is the, you know, the broken forms, finished. This is the, say, the Buddha's one way is talking about the results, the results of awakening. Um, 